Hi, friends. Welcome to The Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walk by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. Thanks so much for joining me today. My guests for this episode are David and Kelsey Light. Kelsey and David are two of my favorite people, and I loved getting the chance to chat with them about something that they both do so well, discipleship. And as an added bonus, my husband Phil joined in on the conversation as well. They both have a heart for investing in young people and demonstrating the love of Christ. So without further delay, here is my conversation with David and Kelsey Light. David and Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me today on The Faithful Podcast. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. This yeah. is exciting. <laughs> yeah, we are interviewing tonight on your patio in this beautiful February night in Tomball, Texas. And I think it's very fitting. You guys are always showing hospitality. And that's one of the things we wanted to talk about tonight in addition to just your lifestyle of discipleship. So I'm really excited just to chat with y'all tonight. So David, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, I am uh, just recently started working as an education field. I had been in student ministry uh, previously for 18 years before that. Um, been married to my wonderful wife um, going on 14, 14 years. years. Yeah. And um, we uh, are enjoying life. We have two kids, uh, both girls, 10-year-old and a 7-year-old, and uh, loving life. Yeah. And I'm Kelsey. I uh, am an exec- executive administrator assistant. Mm-hmm. And two girls, life's busy with them. Yeah. We stay, stay very active with those two little ones. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you each came to know Jesus. Yeah, uh, so my journey was a little bit unique, I guess, or not so unique, depending. Um, But um, I had two parents who divorced when I was three um, and lived with my mom at first and then um, eventually moved in with my dad when I was 10. And uh, neither of my parents were believers. um, And so I didn't really grow up around church, but I ended up finding myself around some friends that God had put in my path. And um, even though I was not the kindest to them, they showed love and grace to me. And that continuously led me to um, church and being involved in church where I eventually gave my life to Christ. And uh, been uh, that was about 16 years old, uh, 17 years old, and um, 1996, whenever that was, a while ago. And, um, uh, you know, just uh, been trying to follow the Lord and, and do what I can to serve Him since. Uh, it's not always easy, but it's it's always uh, joy-filled if I can keep my eyes focused on Him. Yeah. What about you, Kelsey? So mine is my, I guess you call it my testimony, is pretty boring. I grew up in a Christian household. I went to church as a little kid. I can remember being in Sunday school and coloring. I remember being very active in the student ministry and going to camps and doing lock-ins and all the typical fun stuff of a youth ministry. I knew who God was. I knew who Jesus was. I believed in him. But my faith became, I think, my own and the realist it had been uh, right after I graduated high school. And my good friend was asking me about my faith. And I didn't have a whole lot to say other than I believe in Jesus. And 
Um, so she challenged me and got me involved in her college ministry and just the rest is history. Yeah. Got involved in Sigma Phi Lambda in college. I'm a great Christian organization that really grew my faith. My faith grew a ton in college, which is kind of not typical, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I met David and it's just it's yeah. been my life. Tell me about how you guys got together. Well, my friend that I was mentioning that questioned me on my faith is actually one of my best friends. and. She was dating one of David's best friends, Mm -hmm. and so we knew each other as friends for about six years, and after we both finished college, they really wanted us to get together. They thought we would make a great couple, and so they pushed really, really hard (laughs) for about six months. Wow. And and they got their way. I think think they did good. Yeah. I think they knew what they were doing. Yeah. What was it like when you guys first met? That's hard to remember because that was so long ago. We were involved in a Bible study together uh, just as friends and never really thought anything outside of it just being friends. Probably because so. he had a girlfriend. Yeah, oh. there was that part too. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> throw that out there. And then uh, our friends at that time, uh, her best friend was like, if you weren't dating that girl, you guys would be perfect for each other. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That poor other girl. Yeah. So we were just very, very much so friends. Just we had no intentions of it becoming anything else at first. Yeah. That's awesome. I was in high school at that time when we first met. Yeah. Yeah. A long time ago. Also disproves that whole friend zone theory. So. Yeah. (laughs) I've always heard that and just like, "Eh, if you really get to know someone and it's not right, of course it's going to be the friend zone. But if it is right, there's just no stopping that connection. So. Yeah. So how did it go from friends to that? How did that, how did that really, I'm, I'm curious. Tell me, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. So it was me first who uh, kind of had the initial spark interest. And um, it was just brought by a simple question of our best friends, once again, bringing it up. And you're like, you know, what about Kelsey? And I was like, I don't know. I just haven't really thought about her like that kind of thing. And of course, mm-hmm. that question started sparking the question of <laughs> what about Kelsey and uh, so it just led from there I was like man she's I know she's strong in her faith and she's you know a very beautiful lady and so like sure I'll get to know her a little better and you know kind of see how it goes and so I was actually interested in her way before she even knew uh, or had an inkling that something might be going on there so and then Holly and I'm oh, sorry um, I, don't, I don't think your friend will care about sharing that <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, but then our friends were continuously um, putting us together in circumstances and inviting us over to hang out at their house pretty regularly after that point mm-hmm. once they realized that I had an interest in Kelsey. Uh, and then um, I invited her to our young singles Bible study at the church. And then I'll let Kelsey pick it up from there whenever she showed up to that Bible study. Yep. So it was actually a dinner that the the Bible study was going to at Lupe Tortillas, which is mm. kind of ironic because that is our favorite restaurant now. Yeah. <laughs> and I got there before David got to the restaurant. So I was waiting outside because I didn't know anybody in the group and he wasn't there yet. So he got there, parked his car. And as he walked around the corner, I saw him and I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> like God just said, wow, here is 
David. Oh, and wow. um, from that moment on, I had a, a huge crush on him. And I was nervous to go by myself, so I had my friend with me. And she was mentioning at dinner that she had tickets to the rodeo the next day, one extra ticket. Uh, she had four tickets, and I was one of the ticket holders. And there was an extra, and David had never been to the rodeo, so she asked if he wanted to come along. And so I got to spend the whole next day with him at the rodeo, Aww. which was fun. I told him he was cute and then got super embarrassed. <laughs> and I had no idea anything different had changed than just talking. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, you guys have been married how long now? It'll be 14 years in September. 14 awesome. years. Yeah, that's great. Um, I think that something I would say about you guys is, well, that you're both very, like, warm people, but also that you seem very equally yoked. Like, you seem um, like you're headed in the same direction. Like, you guys, one of the things that really sticks out is the way that you prioritize um, discipleship. What what does that mean to you guys, though, discipleship? Um, to me, it's always meant um, just, you know, the Great Commission, just uh, kind of as you're going, as you're doing life, you just bring along others alongside you and you disciple them, you teach them. That doesn't mean you have to be an expert in these areas. It just means you have to have a little more knowledge or a little more wisdom than the person that's interested in getting to know you more or hearing from you. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of the way we've always taken it as, you know, God keeping us very humble. I've never thought of myself as like the super Bible scholar or even a great discipler. It's just always been... That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Always been uh, just, you know, continuing to whoever God puts in our path that we could show wisdom to, God's light to, help them know more about God is just continuing to bring them alongside of us and just say, hey, let's, you know, let's meet, let's talk about things. Maybe we have something to offer you, um, you know, that, that maybe you hadn't heard before and just kind of walking through life that way. Yeah. Um, so... You both individually disciple people, and I think that's it's worth saying that David, you've really invested in my son, and that's um, a huge thing as a parent to know that um, somebody has taken your child and they they care about them in this really deep way. And um, so I'm personally, and as you know, our family in general is very thankful for that. But you both disciple people individually. You both have people that you meet with regularly Kelsey we were talking earlier about some college age girls that you still meet up with that um that you have a special relationship with but also as a couple you guys get together with people on a regular basis and you check in on them and you um you know share God's love with them so how do you feel like this became a priority for you guys um I don't know, it's a good, interesting question because it's never been something where uh, it was ever questioned. It's just kind of the way I God kind of built my life around things. Uh, in uh, college, 2001, um, I got invested in uh, student ministry and helping out in student ministry. And it's just always something that I felt was meaningful and important to do. And so just investing in students' lives just always made sense and prioritizing that and is my time uh, to make sure that I had the opportunity to speak 
um, what I believe to be the most important thing about life, which is sharing Christ with others Mm -hmm. and speaking to them and teaching them about that and guiding them and directing them, uh, departing that kind of wisdom. And so it's just been something since even, you know, I did that all the way through college, work career, uh, like I said, 18 years. And so, um, you know, I was a full-time student, uh, had a full-time job at one point in that and was still leading a student ministry. And so that's just something that, you know, I feel like God calls us to do. And even outside of ministry, I'd say that's one of the things that even has, you know, my mind has shifted a little bit in is the idea of like this idea of full-time ministry. I don't see anywhere in scripture where we're only called to full-time ministry if it's full-time vocation. And so that's one of the things that's really been occurring to me lately is like, we're all called to full-time ministry all the time. It doesn't matter whether it's a the way we make our living or not. You know, Paul yeah. is continuously saying like, hey, I'm, I'm the one who's, you know, trying to, to bear this burden so that I can be less of a burden on you guys. Um, so, yeah. What about you, Kelsey? Well, David had been in a student ministry for a while, leading student ministry. And then when we started dating in 2006, he asked me to come be a part of the student ministry. And I was very excited about that because I've always had a heart for high schoolers. I actually went to college uh, thinking I would be a high school teacher. Uh-huh that God had different plans for me and uh, I changed junior year so I wasn't going to be a teacher. So when I graduated college and wasn't teaching high schoolers, I was I was kind of sad that I wasn't where I thought I would would be uh, mm-hmm. as far as the group I would be around. And so when just a few short months later God brought David into my life and student ministry, I was um, so excited and I could kind of see full circle why God didn't want me as a high school teacher, why he wanted me in in the business world instead, Mm -hmm. because he had the student ministry for me. So discipling as a couple has kind of been what we've done our entire relationship. Mm -hmm. We've always done student ministry together and it just, it just fit. It just worked. And that's just where God wanted us to be serving together. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so I, I loved being able to serve together. And so discipling as a couple kind of just is normal for us. Yeah. Just what we know. Yeah. And I think that, um, I mean, maybe it's, it's kind of one of those things where if you've always done it, it, it doesn't seem like an imposition anymore. But I, a lot of time, I mean, you guys take so much time um, in any given month that you meet up with this person or this couple or this family. And I think that a lot of people would think that they may not have room in their schedule for that. And it's not that you're, you know, David, you work full time, Kelsey, you're working. Um, you have two school age kids that are involved in different things. And it's, it's about prioritizing it. Like you said, it's been, it's something from the beginning that was sort of, um, a way to grow the student ministry or to help develop it and it was sort of put in your laps but I think that when you've made this priority it's um, you find the time for everything else this is this is it's evident that you guys value this you know so highly that other things may have to shift around to keep these things in place I think that's awesome um, who is someone that you feel like has modeled true discipleship for you um, I think we would probably say um uh linda and phil patillo for us um uh, they were active with us when we were uh, at our church in small groups um young singles even and we had them come when we were young marrieds um and just the time they took and the willingness they gave um they weren't ever church staff but they gave so much of their time and energy to the church and to the people of the church and the group um 
and they just modeled uh, what that looked like. And so that was something that I think really impacted both of us, getting to know them and, and just knowing their hearts. For sure. Linda would put on women's Bible studies, and she has so much wisdom to offer, and I'm so grateful to her that she was willing to invest in us, um, us women that were younger who who needed her wisdom and her knowledge so desperately. There's also one other person, Kathy Hutchinson. She was a, a great person to look up to. Uh, she discipled me. We would meet regularly for lunch, um, and she helped me walk through quite a few things. She has a, a lot of wisdom herself, and she was able to help me through quite a few difficult years. Yeah. So just folks that are a little bit further down the road and that just took the time and checked in on you. And that's, I mean, that's, that seems really simple, but I think we sometimes complicate things, but, um, you guys both worked in youth ministry, David, you were helping run it and Kelsey, you were working as a, a volunteer. Um, but it's, it's obvious that the Lord called you both to youth ministry, like as a couple and individually, you both are gifted in that way. So even though you're no longer on church staff um, or official ministry leaders, what what does this look like now for you guys as far as your calling and um, especially in this younger generation, what does that look like for you guys? Yeah, for me, I, I really don't feel like it's changed a whole lot you know the, the dynamics a little bit different right now and with all this change happening with this uh, fun season of COVID that we're in mm-hmm. we both still have hearts for students we both still want to uh, see them come to Christ we still love interacting with them we still have very great connections with our former students and still talk with them regularly and um, for me uh, moving to the education field um, that was kind of something that God really kind of put on my heart is like this is a different opportunity uh, you know at uh, there's a unreached people that are out there that still need to hear the word, that are still able to be influenced. Can I preach as openly in the middle of the school? No, but I can still have a positive influence and do some things, um, hopefully within that school that I'm hoping to, so, <clears throat> excuse me, start up a Christian club there and also to help get things like a fellowship um, for Christian athlete program going and also... Um, what was the young life young life thank you yeah i went mm-hmm. blank there um young life started because i don't have a young life chapter there at that mm-hmm. school and so just some things like that just really changed my mindset a lot about like what ministry has to look like is it only just within the walls of the church and of course not you know we see that in mm-hmm. scripture all over the place and so that was really encouraging to me um as god kind of led me down that path towards education is that there's a whole group of of students who I have the ability to possibly impact, uh, to reach out to, to share the good news with. Obviously, I'm not going to force it on them, mm-hmm. um, but to be there and to be available um, in a capacity that can maybe help reach them when they may never for have walked inside of the doors of a church. So, yeah. I uh, think another one is too that there's we still have a, a group of guys who um, wanted to continue meeting, and so we have you know a Bible study that we have with them regularly um it's just kind of every other week thing right now with covid going on but um that's something that we have continued to do um and then yeah as far as student ministry stuff you know i think it's kind of amplified itself as we've had these years in student ministry though is to continue now it's kind of turned into a little bit more ministry of like uh 
our students that have graduated and this young adult ministry that's now kind of coming together and we have former students coming back to us asking us questions that have just gotten married or just had their first kid, mm. uh, which is crazy um, yeah. that I've been in student <laughs> ministry that long where I've got students that are having kids and married um but uh it's <laughs> happening and uh so but they're they're coming back and we're able to pour into them in a new way that we hadn't you know previously and so to talk to them about new topics and things and so yeah what's that what's that been like for you kelsey to have these kids that were like your little baby middle school kids that are getting married and growing up and whatever it's it's really fun, especially when I get to be at the wedding and it's the girl that was in our student ministry and she's getting mm-hmm. married and um, I get to be one of those lucky few that gets to go see her before the wedding and mm-hmm. see her in her dress and getting ready and all excited uh, and get to pray over her before she gets married. That's just really exciting. And then also to see former students that have gotten married and are having kids to walk through those first few years the the pregnancy months and then the first few years of having a a little one at home there's there's so much unknown in that uh, and so much that people are scared to talk about and I feel like since I've had this relationship with them for so long I can be more open and more candid and answer questions that sometimes people shy away from or give that advice that sometimes people are too scared to give to new moms yeah uh, too embarrassed but i have these relationships with them so i'm able to feel comfortable talking about that kind of stuff with them yeah that's awesome i think that um it's it's so important as a parent to know that there are people that, that care about your kids like i was saying earlier but that they can talk to about those embarrassing things i mean uh my son came home from meeting with David and told me he had a sex talk, <laughs> which is like probably to a lot of parents a little bit awkward. But to me, I'm like, oh, thank thank God you're hearing about positive sort of things like this. And it's like hearing about the importance of sex inside of marriage and what that what that does for a relationship. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting some weird looks. I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> But it does as a parent, I mean, and especially as uh, somebody who tries to be really, um, you know, open about stuff. I try to do that with other people, with my with my students. I want to be that person that they can come to and that they can ask. And knowing that there's somebody out there for my kid is so, so important. And teenagers are hard. And when your only source of information for stuff like that is your friends, the information you're going to get is really probably not the best (laughs) so David and Kelsey um, now that you guys are no longer um, working in some kind of formal ministry or leading a ministry what do you feel like has been the biggest challenge with that I'd say the biggest challenges um, have been it's kind of a weird season because it all happened right as COVID uh, was part of it as well and so um but taking a step back um, was challenging because this thing that that we felt that God had led us through, it had helped us build um, this ministry, um, some of the stuff that we had to um, watch after the fact, after after we stepped back and just kind of see what was happening to it was kind of heartbreaking to see things kind of come apart uh, a little bit. And um, some of that stuff was, was pretty hard uh, to handle, I'd say. What about you, Kelsey? Yeah, I think the the biggest challenge in not being a ministry leader at the church was 
pretty much right after we stepped down or really when David stepped down as, as the youth leader uh, and seeing all the changes happening and how it was affecting the, the students, um, it, was, it was hard to see them being the ones hurt by decisions that the leaders were making. Yeah. That was the biggest the biggest challenge and no longer being the leaders was that the decisions just really hurt the students. Yeah, and ultimately hurt families and we watched families go from the church that, you know, I had that was the church I was saved at and had been at my entire life uh, as a believer. So Yeah. Well, I think that says a lot about you guys. I think that the fact that when there was an issue, they, they came to you and they tried to talk to you and they, they missed what you were, you were doing and they saw just the authenticity that, you know, you guys show. Like, you guys are not about saying, like, we're trying to grow the biggest youth ministry or we're trying to make it the coolest youth ministry in the world. Um, I think that there are plenty of people who do do that and that's their goal and and maybe they along the way are able to help a lot of folks meet Jesus but I think that with you guys one of the things I see is that like your your number one goal is for them to encounter Jesus in this time and to to feel loved and appreciated and like they are welcomed and there were a lot of people that I saw come and go different, you know, different times. And I don't think that anybody would ever say they didn't feel welcomed by you guys. And I think that's, that's a huge thing. It says a lot about you guys. Um, Can I add something? Yeah. Phil, I didn't sell anybody. You were here, but you're here. Hey guys. <laughs> um, so as I was thinking about the, the changes that happened after, after you went to the other position at the church, the changes that God made uh, seemed to be like uh, they weren't considering the the group that they had. It's like trying to make y'all's group that you had built and you had discipled fit a certain mold. Right. There's actually a um, a term called methodology, and it's having people come into your organization, your church, and make it how it was at their former organization or their former church. And um, it, that's obviously not a good thing to do because you have your church and um, like for our student ministry, for example, there were, um, there were great kids and they were comfortable with our student ministry and how things were done. And then when another group comes in and changes things because that's how they did it before, uh, it doesn't necessarily work out the best. Yeah, and y'all had spent so much time um, getting to know these these kids that um, that was that was really it was sad for me to to see them have to try to adjust to something that wasn't in the group's collective DNA. Right. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we did the best we could to support them too, and so that was one of the other things that was kind of emotionally challenging at the time was trying to support them, trying to be on board so the students would were still connected and the students still saw us engaged and I wasn't leading anymore so those decisions weren't mine, but I was still very much concerned about the students. So despite whether I agree with the decisions or not, we were there, we were still leading a, a small group piece of that. And, you know, that was one of the challenges, just trying to step back and let them make their decisions because we weren't in that role anymore. And um, just 
you know, trying to take that back seat and, and let things run the way they wanted to run it and just kind of watching the results. The way that y'all navigated that time really demonstrated to me and to many others that you both are absolutely called to ministry and specifically to, to these young people, whether they're high school, middle school, or college age, or young marrieds, or whatever. Um, y'all handled that with so much class and with so much grace, and you were giving them space, but you were also not backing away from doing ministry because you're called to it. It's like Jeremiah, like the fire shut up in my bones if I don't preach. Like y'all are disciplers mm -hmm. and someone telling you um, that you can't work in a position doesn't mean you're going to stop being a minister of the gospel, both of y'all. Yeah. And that was just incredible the way y'all helped uh, them navigate, the, the students navigate a really, really, I don't want to say traumatizing necessarily, maybe it was for some, but it was an incredibly challenging, challenging and t time of grief mm -hmm. for them. So, man, I'm just, I'm inspired by y'all. Uh, well, I think you. that that says a lot about a heart for discipleship when you can't just like wash your hands of it and like, okay, I guess I've been reassigned. This is my job now. It's like I still feel deeply for these um, these individuals. And teenagers are not the easiest people to love all the time. Like they can be awesome, but they are very moody sometimes. And there's always, there can be drama around them, but, you know, it takes a special, special individuals to continue to show them compassion and kindness and I think you guys do that so well so how has discipleship enhanced your relationship with each other um, and I guess also with your, your relationship with your kids yeah I'd say that has been a big priority um, you know like I said from my testimony I came from a family that was broken um, divorce from us three and so that was something we initially wanted to protect was our family time and so we started thinking about what are we going to prioritize we didn't want to be the family running from you know sporting events to sporting event uh, we wanted to make sure we had time with our kids and also time for discipleship as well and protecting that time um, and so I think that that time for us has just kind of been something that we try to to use wisely and to put position ourselves into a spot where we have the ability and the flexibility to to minister to those to that that come our way. Yeah, um, we we have discipled some young married couples, which is just such a fun um, couple to disciple. Being a young married uh, couple is is so exciting. There's so many new things, and there's so many challenges as well that come along with being married to someone yeah. um and so discipling a young married couple kind of brings us back to those first few years and we get to kind of reanalyze what we did in those first few years that we were married and what we did really good and what we maybe didn't do so good and mm. now we can kind of laugh at the things that we thought were big deals but really aren't big deals and um as far as our kids it's it's neat to to have them kind of be involved a little bit as well. A lot of times the young married couples will come over for dinner and the kids will eat with us and then they'll go off and do their own thing while we talk with the, the couple. And mm -hmm. um, one funny thing happened one night when we were about to start eating, we were going to pray and Tenley asked if she could say the prayer at dinner and 
So she prayed her little probably eight year old prayer. At, she was probably about eight at the time. And she said, thank you so much that this couple can come over. And I thank you that mommy and daddy are willing to teach them about love and they don't even charge them money. <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, you can't help it, but just yeah. laugh right there in the middle of the prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, we never mentioned to them that we were not charging them money. We didn't, I mean, that's never, yeah. that was never talked about. Uh, so I don't know why that came out. She knew yeah. that we were talking about being married and yeah. um, the love that God gives us. And so we were just walking with them through those first few years of marriage. And um, I guess she just intuitively came up with the idea that we were spending this time with them and we weren't charging them for it. Wow. And she just that's thought good. that was... <laughs> You didn't pass the plate. Yeah. Not pass the plate. No passing the plate going on, no. In fact, we even fed them. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think that that is kind of rare in our culture to, like, do these things without some sort of expectation in return. And, um, yeah, you guys are always the go-to house when we hang out, and we're thankful for that because you guys have the cool house. You got the house for the kids that's the most awesome. So what do you feel like has been the biggest unexpected blessing to come through discipling others? Um, that one's a hard one to say because I don't ever really take it as like this is something that we're doing to, to get back. I'd say the the biggest blessing is just the relationships. I mean, I think that's really what we enjoy the most out of it is just that connection, that engagement with them, um, helping them, you know, see how they can grow uh, how how to navigate those new challenges of life whatever it might be that they're that we're discipling about and just helping you know take that step of of trying to prevent uh, unnecessary challenges in their life to, to be that wisdom that speaks up to them if they're of course willing to listen it reminds me of an old dc talk uh, song reminds my age right there um but you know <laughs> always learning the hard way you know trying to trying to avoid that to give wisdom and to share that and to try to use real examples with them and that's something we've always tried to do with discipleship is like just be open about our mistakes um where we failed uh you know whether that's uh, if we're talking to a married couple about with you know things we struggled with in our own marriage or whether that's, you know, with teenagers and talking about, you know, the struggles I had in a broken home or the struggles that Kelsey had with, you know, growing up in the lifestyle that she had. And so just being open and genuine about those things, be like, hey, we relate to this. We understand this. And here's some mistakes we made in the midst of those things. And so I think, but anyways, back to the blessing is just the relationship and seeing them be successful, um, seeing them grow older, seeing them have fruitful lives, seeing them do the same thing. I mean, we've got, I've got a student now who is, um, a student pastor. Actually, there's two now that I know of that are student pastors. And wow. so just having that and just seeing it kind of come full circle and just see God using them in a, in a new and amazing way. So, mm. Yeah. What about you, Kelsey? Mine, I would think it's very similar to what David said. So many times you see someone that you've known for a while that you don't see very often. You say, hey, let's, let's, we'll text you and we'll meet up for lunch sometime. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that just never happens. So I think the intentionality of the relationships is kind of the blessing of it is that you're being intentional about meeting with someone and uh, sharing the love of Jesus with them and sharing life with them, doing life with them um, and getting to see them, them grow in their maturity, grow in their faith. 
Um, and it goes from maybe junior high age up to in their late twenties. Mm-hmm. Now that we're seeing them, yeah. uh, it's 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 really fun to have walked with them for s- that long and see the growth that God has brought in their life. Mm. That's awesome. So, what advice do you um, have for maybe a Christian that feels like? Maybe they should be discipling, but they don't feel qualified or equipped to disciple. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we've always talked to the students about in general is, like, there's no, like, I've checked all these boxes. Now I can talk about Jesus. That's never been the qualifier. I mean, if you go back and look at the disciples, for instance, uh, none of them were the best of the best, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, They made mistakes, uh, and that's okay. That's that's how we learn. And so just the idea, though, of trying to, to to understand that it's just simply about sharing a little more wisdom. If you have a little more wisdom or a little more understanding, just meeting and just discussing the gospel, even if you're almost on the same level, is just is discipleship in general. And so that idea of like, hey, we got together, uh, iron sharpens iron, and so we're going to get together, we're going to talk about the gospel, we're going to challenge each other, we're going to di- look at different points of view, we're going to talk about ways we've failed, ways we've not failed, and the strengths we have. And so just walking through those things, it just opens up so many doors. I think one of Satan's biggest tricks is to make us think we're alone in certain situations. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I think being vulnerable is so important. It's, it's so scary, but at the same time, if it's with someone you can trust, and you're willing to be the one who's vulnerable. That's always been my approach is just to try to be open first. And if they're not, they don't like it, then, you know, it is what it is. But um, being vulnerable first seems to open the doors and opens hearts to the idea of like, oh, wait, you're going to be real with me. I can mm-hmm. be real here. I can talk about my real struggles, my real frustrations, my real concerns, um, and, and just kind of taking that approach. Yeah. I would probably say that God... God puts us through certain situations in our life so that when we're past that, there are people going through that exact same struggle. And a lot of times it's someone that you know. And so your previous struggles could help someone to avoid the the things that you went through or to lessen mm-hmm. what you went through. Yeah. Um, and so just knowing that our, our life is our qualifier for discipling someone um, that may be younger than you or that may not have um, gone through the exact same things as you, but maybe they're about to. Well, um, I, I think that you guys, one of the things that, that comes out anytime you're around you guys together is just your love for one another and your love for Jesus. And I think that um, that's, that's really evident and I, I know that if I was a high school or a young college student and I saw this couple that hey they don't they don't hate being around each other in fact it seems like they really enjoy it and they they seem to both love Jesus I I think that would maybe help me in a lot of ways to see what my standards should be like in a lot of ways in a relationship I think that you guys you guys show a whole lot just through the way that you interact with each other, and it's it's very um, it's very real, it's very authentic, it's very warm, and it's you guys are individually your own people, and um, you both love the Lord individually, but when you come together, it's it's a really a really beautiful thing to see this couple that works like so well together in helping to advance the kingdom of God. So 
Um, I, I feel pl- uh, privileged to be able to see that and I know others do as well. Um, and I think that a lot of times for me, this phrasing of discipleship sometimes gets a little, people may get hung up on that. Um, it sounds like something you have to be like Paul or Peter to do, <laughs> like somebody who has lots of credentials or, you know, um, has so much authority. And um, I think that, you know, you were talking earlier, David, about being just a little bit further down the road. And um, I think that if you find somebody then and you just, just ask them like, hey, do you want to do a Bible study together? Or would you want to meet up and maybe go play basketball or, you know, get together for lunch or whatever it might be and just kind of see where that relationship goes. I think that's that's really important for us to see that, like, when we come together, one, we have more in common than we would ever realize before. And and two, just that, um, that God has, like you were saying, Kelsey, just giving you these life experiences for a reason and maybe they'll help spare somebody some of those difficult things or um or maybe you can give them just a little more advice than that you wish you would have had at that point in your life and now people you can't i i know from having discipled young people in the past like you can't expect them to take all of your advice (laughs) (laughs) and you can't spare them from all of the hurt at all but um if you're able to you know help instill a little bit of wisdom from a few years down the road ahead of them or just pointing them back to Jesus. I think that's so important because a lot of people go off their feelings rather than what God has to say. Um, I think, too, it seems like y'all are really good at kind of personalizing the discipleship from what I've heard. Like, where is this person in life? What do I need to focus on? Do I need to focus more on a Bible study with this person? Or do I need to focus more on character? it's really interesting. I was just thinking about like Paul and Barnabas because Barnabas basically took Paul under his wing. But Paul was like a genius in the scriptures. And I'm sure Barnabas was great at that too. But Paul had some (laughs) impulse issues (laughs) and anger issues. And Barnabas was such, so much more gentle. And it seemed like he was trying to teach Paul a little bit more of that style, like with the Mark thing. And, you know, and maybe Paul came around later. But I, I don't know. It was just, Y'all are so good at, at trusting the Holy Spirit to show you how to make the right impact in a person's life at that particular time in their life. That's really cool. Yeah. And you do it with such gentleness. I think that's that's really good. That goes a long way. Like you were saying with Barnabas, that's um, gentleness. You get a lot more across to people rather than like, you need to do this. You've got to straighten up. This is the problem. It's like, I'll ask a lot of questions and um, sort of say, well, if it was me, maybe this is kind of what I would do, but it's very gentle. Um, Do you have any resources that you maybe would recommend to somebody who is interested in possibly discipling somebody or maybe some advice for them? Uh, To be honest, I mean... Scripture and being vulnerable, I think, is our, our number ones um, with that. Um, we've done several book studies, and like I said, we try to tailor it depending on the person that we're looking at. So sometimes we've done book studies with people, um, and there's not simply a go-to one that I've got in, in that uh, realm. It's usually, okay, what are you dealing with? Let's look for 
a good book that maybe we can read through together. We've done that with some young married couples mm-hmm. um, or, you know, talking about, you know, what's on your heart, the different topics and those kind of things. But I think that's our number one is uh, really a scripture and then just being open and vulnerable about our own struggles and mistakes in that area and understanding that, you know, hey, we had really had problems with this too and I'm be the first one to admit it and having humility when we talk to him about it not just simply looking at him and being like I can't believe you did that mm-hmm. you know I just feel like society is too much that way and our churches get that way too much where we're always looking down our nose and almost high and mighty and it's not intentional but it's it's kind of trying to keep ourselves separate from the sin of the world but at the same time that's where we came from that's who we were and so mm-hmm. trying to remember that and trying to keep that in front of our face of like hey I've been there I used to do that too uh, or I've struggled with that too. It may have been a little different, but similar situations. So, but yeah, I think scripture and, and honest vulnerability. Yeah. Do you have any advice or resources, Kelsey, that you want to share? Well, David said that scripture is for the resources, and I think that's the number one. You can never um, discount scripture. Um, that's, that's our ultimate guide. Mm-hmm. As far as advice, I would say, you're never perfect enough to not need to be discipled yourself. Yeah. Um, there's always going to be someone that's walked the road before you that's a little bit ahead of you. Uh, even if you're discipling others, you still need to be poured into. So don't, um, don't forget that important piece. You still need someone to be pouring into you, giving you that advice. Uh, and then maybe they can help you with things that you're helping the person that you're discipling. Yeah. Uh, you never know how, how that's going to come full circle and, and, who God has put in your path for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my advice. Just never stop discipling, never stop being discipled. Mm. Yeah, I think that that part about still being discipled is so important. Humility is, um, it's it's important for every aspect of, of being a follower of Jesus. But when you're discipling somebody else, it's, it's really important that you are show, demonstrating humility to them. Because um, I think there's not enough of that in the world right now. There's a lot of arrogance and um, pride and boasting. And so that humility is super important. Um, and going along with that humility, never be afraid to say you don't know. Yeah. If the person you're discipling asks you a question you don't know, just say, I don't know, but let's figure it out together. Or I'll research that and I'll come back to you later. Because if you yeah. just say something and it's not right, well, yeah. so don't- that can get tricky. Don't give that like politician answer where you're like answering the question you want to answer. Right. Like <laughs> just tell them you don't know. That's Say, good. I don't know, but I will find out and I will let you know, or yeah. let's look at it together. Yeah. Let's that's study awesome. that together. Yeah. And I think if they look at you expecting a. It's all right. I'll just wait. <laughs> it's going to be like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the air traffic to be quite so high this time. Yeah. I I think if the person that you're discipling thinks, okay, in order to disciple somebody, I have to have all the answers, that puts an unnecessary amount of stress on them. So if you model that behavior of I'm I don't know, but let's figure this out together or we can research this. I don't I've never thought about that question before or you know, I'm I'm curious, let's research it. That I think will be so important for them to know that they don't have to have all the answers in order to disciple somebody else. They they can be figuring it out kind of together. I mean, granted now, if you're like five days into being a Christian, you probably shouldn't be discipling somebody, but you know, I think there's a lot of people that are not, they're afraid to take that next step. Like God has 
they've been a Christian maybe 10 years and they've gone to Bible studies and they've um, been poured into by others, but they're afraid to take that step out and it can start small. I mean, when I was in, when I was in college, we were part of this ministry and they told us like week one, okay, you need to pick one of these kids and you're going to disciple them. And I was like, what? what does that even, what does that mean? Like, I, I don't have any frame of reference for this. And like, I remember like stressing over the kid I was going to pick, like, I don't want this other one to feel left out and whatever. And they're like, no, no, no. The point is just, we're going to disciple as many kids as we can. And so I picked a girl because we, we got along well. And for three years I was discipling her and it was, sometimes it was great. And we really got into a deep Bible study. And sometimes she was telling you about, you know, relationship problems or friendship issues. And you just, you go with it and you kind of use these opportunities to teach and you can't, it's not, it's not Sunday school or something, you know, where we're going in what, this is our Bible lesson for today. It's, we're going to, we're going to study God's word together and we're also going to be there for all those other things. So, um, I think that you guys do such a good job of that and keeping it, keeping it simple, not complicating it too much, but also making it very intentional. Is, is there anything else that you maybe want to add or you feel like we've said everything that you want to about the topic of discipleship or encouragement or anything? One of the things that popped in my head as we were talking with the idea of like time um, and prioritizing that and how do you make it fit, it's just you have to figure out what works for your lifestyle. That's one of the things that, that we had to do. Um, you know, it just became a part of life for our girls as they grew up, uh, being around the ministry, being there. That was just what they came to know and they actually came to love it. So once that actually changed, they actually were sad and were missing that time uh, that we would be at the church on Wednesday nights and Sundays, uh, kind of all day. Um, but as life changed and we had new um, opportunities to, to disciple and young marrieds and a lot of times we would have just switch it so obviously with young kids it's harder to get out babysitter those kind of things so we just repositioned ourselves to have them come over about the time that our girls went to bed and they got to eat dinner with us as a family and they got to see us how we interact with our kids Mm -hmm. and how dinner went and then we'd put our girls to bed and sometimes they'd even help us you know with with that routine and kind of see how that goes for us and um, and then after that, we would, you know, uh, have that time with just them, uh, not having to worry about babysitters. Kids are upstairs asleep, and we got to still have those conversations and, and have that discipleship. And so just kind of figuring out how uh, you can make it work with your lifestyle and in, in that prior, making it a priority. So mm, That's really good. Yeah. Anything else for you, Kelsey? Uh, well, David kind of touched on it earlier, um, the Great Commission, that we're – called to go and be disciples. Um, It's not specific to a certain person. It's not specific to a certain job, such as, okay, pastors, go and make disciples. It's Mm -hmm. us believers. We go and make disciples. Um, So I guess in closing, I would say be looking for that person that God's putting in your life to possibly disciple them. And a lot of times it's hard for them to say, hey, I need to be discipled. Will you, will you invest in mm-hmm. me? Um, so maybe you're the one to initiate and say, hey, can we get together and, and get coffee and then maybe bring it up and ask if they would like to meet with you once a week, once a month, whatever um, it may be, whatever, however it would work best for their schedules. But yeah. maybe be the one to initiate the possible relationship of, of a disciple, discipleship. 
Mm. Yeah, and you can just simply bring up things like at at the coffee. Hey, would, how would you feel about just you know going through the Book of Romans with me or yeah. whatever that kind of thing is? And so just you know those simple you would kind start of things. with Romans. That's sure, a, that's a big one. <laughs> it's a, a three year commitment. <laughs> it is a three year commitment at our pace. <laughs> how would you feel about going through this very very heavy one? But no, that's yeah. good. But just you know simply you know depending on where they're where they're at with their yeah. walk with Christ. <laughs> um, you know, just, hey, let's get together and study the Bible together. It doesn't have to be like, hey, I'm going to be your mentor, and you're going to have to do what I say. Like, that's not, you don't come at <laughs> that direction, right? Hey, we're coming yeah. together, to, we're coming at this together. We're both going to grow in our relationship with Christ. Uh, how would you feel about that? And, you know, it, it doesn't always have to, I feel like you don't always have to take that role of, like, I am the person discipling you. It's just, hey, let's study together. Let's do iron sharpens iron. Let's grow together in Christ. Yeah. Well, it is always great to see you guys and to chat with you. And I think that you guys are amazing um, individually and as a couple, you're just, you know, incredible. I've, uh, we have so much respect for you guys. And um, I'm just so thankful that you took the time to chat with me tonight. Yeah, well, thank so, you all for having us. And we feel the same about you guys. Yes. We love you guys. You guys are awesome. You have been an awesome influence and, and have impacted our lives immensely as well. Yes. God's brought us together at a crazy time but he did so for a reason and I wouldn't go back and change that for anything because I'm so thankful that he made our paths cross. Yes. We love y'all. Love I loved chatting with David and Kelsey. Discipleship seems so intimidating but I encourage you guys to see it as the natural overflow of a life lived in Christian community. I hope that this inspired you to reach out to someone this week. Maybe get a cup of coffee with them, go for a walk, or just call and check in on them. Again, thanks for taking the time to listen to The Faithful Podcast. If you enjoy The Faithful Podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating and a review. Reviews help people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to them. And while you're there, make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss an episode. You can find me at faithfulpodcast.podbean.com or on Instagram at faithfulpodcast. Have a great week and remember to stay faithful, friends.